Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you are thinking about dinner tonight or this weekend, highly recommend you go to Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Easily the best place for barbecue in Denver. I've been telling you about their slowly smoked ribs, their smoked corned beef Reuben. I love their chicken marsala. Best in town. Dave, the owner, he had a past life, so he's put a lot of his favorites on the menu. Outstanding sides. You can go there just for dessert, but I'm going to give you one thing you might want to try, okay? It's called the heart attack. Terry, tell me if this sounds good. Two jalapeno cheddar country biscuits filled with smoked bacon, hickory smoked pulled pork, topped with shredded cheese, an over-easy egg, house-made sausage gravy served to the side of coleslaw. I wouldn't, I wouldn't eat again for a week. It'd be I mean, so you, great. It and I've had it, and it's ridiculously good. Everything is great on this menu. Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, located all over uh, this part of uh, of the state, up towards Estes Park in Lyons, and of course they have a great location in North Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All right, let's go out to the hotline. Steve Conroy, longtime NHL defenseman, current analyst for NHL Network, good friend of mine. Steve, how are you, my friend? Eric, Terry, I'm doing great. How are you guys? Hi, Steve. Great. Here's the deal. So Terry and I, we, we have fallen into the trap of paralysis by analysis. So how are you going to paralyze us with your analysis? What do you got for this game, <laughs> this series? Well, you know what? I just say let the games begin because I think you're right. I, I think especially with the layoff that we've had and especially the layoff that Colorado's had uh, between series, uh, you start to maybe over-dissect the minutiae, and basically it's just a game, and it, it's going to be a great game because, you know, you got two high-powered teams going at each other. So it's, you know, firepower against firepower, and uh, it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top. But I, I think the bottom line is, and a lot of coaches will tell you this, Eric and Terry, I think you probably know this too, most, most coaches will tell you it comes down to goaltending. Now, not always. But a lot of times, everything else kind of evens out, whether it's power play, penalty killing, you know, five-on-five play, and then it, it gets down to your goaltender. Who's got the better goaltender? And I think, you know, at this point, uh, I'm afraid that Andre Vasilevsky is the best goaltender uh, remaining in the playoffs. He might have been the best goaltender this year during the regular season, aside from Shesterkin. So that's, that's why I think Tampa has, has a big advantage. If you're Jared, upset, did, hold on real quick. If you're upset with Steve's analysis, his cell phone number is 630. All right, go ahead, Terry. <laughs> did Jared Bednar make the right decision in going with Darcy Camper? 
or he hasn't played in a few weeks, and uh, Francois had stepped in and played decently while he was out. Terry, you know what I always say? You dance with the girl who brought you. And uh, <laughs> Kemper, Kemper brought them to this point through the regular season. I know the playoffs, Francois, has been good. So listen, Jared Bednar feels like, okay, let's, let's go with the guy who was our number one goalie who got us to this point through the regular season. And should he stumble or should he falter mm-hmm. or should they need some kind of a, a, a lift or a, a, a jolt, then he knows he's got a guy in, in Francois that he can totally rely on. So um, I think it's a win-win. You know, Kemper had a real good regular season. He sounds like he's ready. Go with him. And, you know, if – and I'm sure it'll be a pretty short leash because, you know, Francois can do it. So uh, if he lets in three bad ones in the first 25, 30 minutes, uh, Bednar might decide to, to pull the hook. I, I led the media day questioning of, of Kemper at his pod, you know, the number five pod. And he was mm-hmm. he was predictably calm, cool, and collected. And De- Devontae was sitting next to him. And after we went through that session, I asked Devontae, you know, the predictable question about whether how much faith they have. And Darcy Camper, and of course he laid it on pretty thick. Do you ever change? Did you ever change your style and your stance with six teams because of the goaltender you were playing in front of? If, whether you um, had, whether you had faith and whether you whether you thought you could could at least wander a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so I played in front of uh, Eddie Belfour, and with Eddie, I knew I could take chances up the ice. And if there happened to be a two-on-one or a three-on-two with a forward back there, you know, chances are he was going to stop it. Uh, you know, I played in front of Billy Smith with the Islanders. I played in front of um, oh Kelly Rudy with the Islanders, too. A lot of great goaltenders. Uh, I played in front of Dominic Koshik for his, his brief stay in Chicago. And, the human yeah, slinky. To, the human slinky. And there is something to that. I think offensively you're willing to take a few more chances because you think – if they do get a break or they get it by me here, it might be a two-on-one, it might be a three-on-two, but we got a, a world-class stopper back there. But, you know, at this point uh, of where they are in the playoffs, I don't think the Colorado Avalanche are, are wondering who's back there. I honestly think they've got just as much faith in both of those guys. Uh, and like I said, I, you know, you look at Kemper's numbers during the regular season, uh, outstanding. I, I'm going to say they were, you know, save percentage goals against average. They both had to be top five, six in the NHL. So um, there's a lot of faith in those guys. And, you know, until the game starts and, you know, let's say let's in three bad ones, um, you know, Bednar's got the luxury of knowing that he's got a guy he can go to. We are talking with Steve Conroy, a longtime NHL defenseman, current analyst, for the NHL Network, I, I want to stay on track with the Stanley Cup Final, but you brought up something interesting to me. You played in front of Eddie Belfour and Billy Smith. Both of those guys have a special kind of crazy about them. With that, do you have to be? Do you have to have a special type of crazy in your head to play goaltender? No. Because Belfour, so. Belfour is at the very least the vice president. Of the crazy club. Yeah. Uh, most of those guys, most goalies are a little different breed. They're, they're, they're different guys. Um, you know, I, I got to know Corey Crawford here in Chicago, and he was probably the most normal goaltender I, I ever knew. But there's some other guys. We had Robin Leonard here for a little little time, and he's a different bird. 
And most guys will tell you that, you know, it, it takes a different breed to be a goaltender stand in front of pucks that are coming at 100 miles an hour. Um, so, yeah, they, they're, they're wired a little differently. And, and, you know, as a result, they're, they're kind of different off the ice. Kemper is disarmingly normal. That's, that's almost, uh, uh, almost an asterisk in some ways. But he's got a happy face. He's always smiling. And uh, he, he is not, at least in the presence of us in our environment, you really don't see him as being a fierce, 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 uh, glowering competitor type. But when, when the game is on, of course, he turns into one. Let me chime in here. I covered Hashik. He was a little off. Belfour's a little yep. off. Billy Smith's yep. a little off. Patrick Waugh is a little off. Maybe the more off you are, the better you are. Well, you know what it is? They, you mentioned that the fact that they've got a little bit of a short fuse of temper. That might go along with their competitive nature and, and really wanting to win. And, you know, all those guys you kind of mentioned, they, they just hated losing and they just wanted to win. Uh, and, you know, I mentioned Kelly. Kelly Rudy was pretty normal, too, but he, he was a real competitor, uh, wanted to win all the time. So, you know, maybe that kind of factors into it. But, uh, uh, you know, I, the guys you mentioned in particular, short fuses and, you know, tough as nails, too. We've talked before about Kale McCarr, but he's been heaped with praise the last few days, including from Patrick Waugh and Ray Bork. Yeah. Could this be his kind of coming out party as the, as the great player, prominently prominent international type superstar defenseman? Well, Terry, I think these whole playoffs have been his coming out party because, you know, think about it. Colorado's really been under a microscope uh, just to get past the second round because of all their previous failures. So uh, we've seen some unbelievable plays from him so far, and I'm sure we'll continue to see unbelievable plays. Uh, you know, whether it's a regular season or the playoffs, this guy just, it seems like the bigger the stage, the brighter the lights, uh, the better he plays. And, you know, some guys tend to tend to shrink in those situations and, and he tends to grow and, and he welcomes it. He doesn't seem like, I mean, he seems like a great guy, but he, he, he doesn't seem like he's a real ham no. or, you know, it's all about him, but boy, he can, he can really perform when you know when it's at its toughest and and that's what i really appreciate about you know him as a, as a player and, and his skill level this is not right, look. this is not unique to hockey uh this team in hockey but the avalanche have a rather pronounced tendency to be able to turn any question where you say you uh meaning the whole team uh, meaning him personally turning it into a question about the whole team the team's the thing that's their mantra nathan mckinnon has been that way kale mccarr has been that way is that just pure hockey? Yeah, I think it is. You know, I've got a theory on it. Most, most hockey players, like I, I went to high school in Toronto. Nobody knew I played competitive hockey because high school hockey in, in Canada wasn't, you weren't very good if you're playing high school hockey. So, you know, none of these guys are put on a pedestal in high school. And even the college players, you know, most of them basketball and, and football trumps the hockey program. So, you know, you, you think about these young football players in high school, they're the the big man on campus and in college, they're even, you know, bigger celebrities and they're the big men on campus. And, you know, so from a very young age, they're idolized. And, and in, and in Canada, a lot of these, you know, especially in high school, nobody knows anyone's playing hockey. So, uh, and they're from small towns and a lot of them are from farming communities. So maybe that factors into it too. But, um, I, I think that's why hockey players, maybe more than some other sports are really grounded 
it's just that small town mentality and and it is all about the team more more so than just you know the name Hey, uh, quickly, before we cut you loose, um, you kind of hinted at it because you said goaltending is the thing. Who do you like in this series and how many games? Uh, well, I, I think it's going to be Tampa Bay, Eric, and uh, only for a couple of reasons. And one of them I, I kind of spelled out was the goaltending. Uh, I think they also have a little bit of an advantage on defense, too. And I, and I like I like what Joe Sackick did bringing in Josh Manson and and that makes them a little different back there, but I, I still like Tampa Bay. They're big and they're strong, and they know how to box guys out, and, and they've been there and they've done that. Um, and then the other thing, too, is I, I think you have to look to, you know, the third lines, and, and sometimes the top two lines will cancel each other out, and, and, and it's up to the third line to, to try and, you know, score some goals. And I, I know J.T. Confer's had a great postseason so far, and, Kubel also. I don't know if Newhook's going to be on that third line yeah, tonight or is. not, but he is. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's, you know, sometimes you look at the third and fourth lines and and if Braden Point is in, I, I think Perry goes back to that fourth line. So yep. Point's in, so it should be Perry and uh, uh, Maroon and uh, Pierre-Edward Belmar, and that's a pretty good fourth line, too. So I think the third and fourth lines may be a little bit of advantage to, to Tampa Bay also, and you know, I mentioned the experience factor. You know, sometimes it's just about being able to tune out the noise and, and who can bring it up another level and, 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 you know, who can face adversity and still push on, whether it's a bad call or, you know, maybe a bad bounce. Um, you know, Tampa's been through some of those situations over these last three years. And I, I know that, you know, the, the Colorado Avalanche have learned their lesson about, you know, maybe being favorites and bowing out, whether it's the first or second round, and they think that this is their year. But I, I still think that that, that experience is going to help Tampa Bay a little bit more. So as a result, um, and I know we're being broadcast in Colorado, but I think it's going to be Tampa Bay, and I think it's going to be in six games. Now, Steve, hey, they are saying Braden Point hey. is centering the line with Nick Paul and yeah. Ross Colton. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. So that's, that's a pretty good line. Hey, uh, Steve, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, when are you going to be on NHL Network tonight? Uh, you know what? I'm done for the year now. They've got the what? A crew, and they're all, they're, all on, uh, they're all on site. So I might be back for the draft or during the free okay. period, but right now I'm just going to enjoy the playoffs. Well, I'll FaceTime you after the game, and you and I will pretend like we're doing a show. Have a great night, my friend. <laughs> thanks, All right, Steve. Eric. Take care. Take See you, Steve. All right, Steve Conroy, NHL Network, longtime NHL player. Coming up after the break, Avs have been averaging nearly five goals a game. Can that continue against Vasilevsky? That's next. Don't be afraid to catch Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T. Fry, at Eric Goodman. 
you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about a good friend of mine and the guy that I only work with when it comes to my insurance, Eric Cook with Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group. I've worked with Eric for well over five years. He does my life insurance. He does my auto. He does my home. And I can tell you right now, a lot of insurance guys that do auto, home, commercial life, they don't do health insurance. He does it all. One-stop shopping, that's what you're going to get with him. Not to mention, I love the way he does his business. He treats every client like they are his only client. He is quick to return calls. He is quick to return emails. He has done that with me on his days off. He checks in with you every year to make sure that you have the coverage that you need. A really good example, my fiance just got her basement done. She needs to have her insurance for her home readjusted. She is going to be working with Eric because she made an addition to her home. Cook Insurance Agency, give them a call today. 303-790-8089. 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. So, Terry, we have certainly analyzed this series from every single angle. But at the end of the day, all the analysis boils down to one thing. Who is going to score the most goals per game, (laughs) right? And the Avs have been averaging nearly five goals a game in the playoffs so far. We know and we know how good Vasilevsky is. We know, according to Steve Conroy, he just said he believes overall the Lightning defense is better. Do you believe the Avs are going to be averaging 4.6 goals a game in this series? And do you believe Kemper can keep up? Of course they won't. And be because they're playing a, a stronger team now. They're playing one of the, with a great goaltender. And, and they will not keep up that average. Now, Camper, that's the great question to be answered, and I think we've established the feeling, and uh, I think it's prevalent that Jared Bednar has Camper on a short leash and will make a change quickly if, if necessary. And so I think that it's going to be a case. The other thing, when you talk about averages per game, hockey is different. Hockey playoffs are different. A goaltender can be great in three games, rotten in three games, and it goes sure. down to seven games. He can... He can Vasilevsky could have the Avalanche shut out in three games and then give up five goals in three games, uh, spacing it out over the course of six games, and it goes to game seven. I kind of think that's what's going to happen. I think Vasilevsky's going to steal a game or two, and uh, and also the Lightning just simply win a game or two. The Avalanche, the question is, can Kemper steal at least one game? I don't know the answer to that, but that's going to be the key. It isn't going to be the number of goals scored. It's going to be when they're scored and uh, whether the two goaltenders, even Vasilevsky has to have a short memory if he has a bad game. And I think that's going to be the key with Darcy Kemper, that his teammates continue to have faith in him and uh, and whether he can have enough have enough larcenous games to make a difference in this series and not be the, uh, not be the reason the Avalanche lose the series. You and I have had this conversation, and I don't know if we have, you know, continued through the end. And I don't know if we'll have time to actually do this. And, you know, you have said to me, competition leading up to 
the Stanley Cup final is irrelevant. Who you beat is irrelevant. The point is that you are here. However, when I look at who Tampa has beaten to get here, Austin Matthews, big scoring offense in Toronto, went to seven games. They were down 3-2, came back to win on the road. Florida, the highest scoring offense in the league this season, got swept. The Rangers, young, talented, a year away, dominated them for four games. I think Tampa throughout this playoffs is as ready to take on this Colorado team because of the teams that they have played. As for the Avalanche, I don't think they have seen a team as close to Tampa as they have faced so far in the playoffs. Well, Nashville obviously was was handicapped by the loss of its goaltender. Right. And so that was uh, that was the catch in that series. I think you're. I don't think you're giving enough credit to the St. Louis Blues, although they did lose Bennington. Mm, well, they lost their starting goalie, and that's uh, a big deal. And Edmonton clearly are not a little sisters of the poor either. I don't think you're giving the Avalanche enough Avalanche opponents enough credit. And I do think that it would have been interesting to see if Calgary had gotten through beating Edmonton, and that would have been a tougher matchup for the Avalanche. Give them some no. credit. I mean, for real. Well, here's the way I look at it. If you took the top team that from each from each of the playoff series that each team has faced, let's say it's Florida against the Blues. But but I, I'll come back to this. So what? Yep. Uh, what, what difference what, what, does that make? Well, what, what difference it makes to me, not you, but to me is they have faced high-powered offenses, and now they're facing another one. Now they're facing another one. They have not faced a – the Avs have not faced a defense and a goalie this good over the course of the last two, three weeks. I'm not saying they can't win the series. I think that through the gauntlet that Tampa's had to go through, not to mention they have been the road team in every single one, they have been far more battle-tested. They have faced teams that look more like the Avs. And the Avs haven't faced any teams that look anything like the Lightning. So what? I, I don't get why that is relevant. It, this series starts anew from the I'm time the puck drops. It right. doesn't. It, Gary Bettman is not going to stand out there, and I said this yesterday. Gary Bettman, who had a news conference a little while ago, will not stand stand out there and, and say give the uh, give the Lightning a couple goals to uh, compensate here. No, I understand that. I'm just saying that they they are prepared to face the Avalanche. I don't know if the Avalanche are prepared to face Oh, them. I think they are. Mm, okay. Well, you know what? In the next segment, we're going to talk about who's going to win tonight's game, who's going to win this series. And I have a feeling, Terry, we're not going to agree. But that's okay because you're still my friend. That's next. Do, 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 do. Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. 
on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for what's trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99, testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Terry, there are a lot of reasons why I'm glad that you and I are doing the show together. But during this time, you could not have hopped on as us being partners at a perfect time. You have been a longtime hockey guy. I consider myself a hockey guy as I've covered the Blackhawks, the Panthers, the Sabres, and now the Avalanche. I think I would like to think we both know our hockey. I hope for our listeners and, and the people who watch on milehighsports.com, they've gotten some good information out of this because I think we have broken down this series as well as we could have. Yeah, very much that, en- go ahead. I very much enjoyed it, and it's it's been a... A terrific experience to to be caught up in the wave of this series. It's it's a lot of fun, and I well, I, I also do say, people say you're a hockey writer. I say no, I'm a writer who likes to write about hockey. What's right. the difference? And people say that I was never a hockey player, and I say you're absolutely right. But I'll talk <laughs> about it. With that, let's do a little bit more breakdown. But the most obvious questions. We'll start with who wins tonight. I. This may be contradictory to my later conclusion, but I'm I I will take Tampa Bay Lightning to win tonight to get off the to get off the uh, launching pad with a win in Game One, and uh, but I will qualify that later on where it leads. Okay, and I will start by saying Tampa. I, they didn't hurt themselves. They were just a product of the schedule. They had a long layoff going into the Eastern Conference Finals, and they clearly came out flat against the Rangers in Game 1 at Madison Square Garden and got their doors blown off 6-2. to two. I don't think that the Avs are going to lose tonight because they will be rusty. I think they will come out flying. I just think the way the schedule has gone – for the Lightning, and with the way they played in the final four games against the Rangers, they are on schedule, and they are focused, not to suggest the Avs are not. I think they win tonight as well. Now, how about for the rest of the series? I think after that, the Avalanche will get a turnaround and win the series, but it'll, it'll be a, ga- a series of fluctuating momentum and of overreaction to single wins or losses I think the Avalanche ends up winning it in seven. I think the story here is goaltending, and it isn't necessarily Darcy Kemper. There's two possibilities here. Number one, that Darcy Kemper is confident enough to keep the job through the series and be good enough in just a couple of games that where he can be the real, the real, real difference maker as the Avalanche also uh, keep, uh, ratcheted up offensively. Or, or, or he is supplanted by Pavel Francouz, and that becomes the story. The Pablo Francois plays good enough for the superior team to actually win. What I'm about to say, I will throw in a disclaimer by saying, I hope I'm wrong. For those that have listened to our analysis of the Stanley Cup final, and really going back to the start of the Stanley Cup playoffs when Mason and I were doing the show, I've been incredibly consistent in how I have felt. Fortunately, just like everybody else, I have been right that the Avs have advanced to the Stanley Cup final. I think everybody in town, media fans, have picked the Avs to go to the Stanley Cup final. But this is where I hit the fork in the road. I think the Lightning win tonight. I think the Avs bounce back in game two on Saturday night. I think they split in Tampa. 
And then I think by that time, the Lightning will have figured out how to beat the Avalanche, and they will win the next two games. They will win the next two games. So they close it out in six at Tampa. They close it out in six in Tampa. I think this team is too experienced and too smart not to figure things out, not to say the Avalanche can't, but they figured things out against Toronto late, down 3-2. They figured things out down 0-2 against the Rangers, and I keep bringing up that series. The Rangers and the Avalanche have similarities. Certainly, the Avalanche have more speed. Their top two guys, no one on the Rangers can touch. Listen, if Kale McCarr goes Bobby Orr, I think all bets are off. If Nathan McKinnon goes Wayne Gretzky, I think all bets are off. But as we talked about earlier in the show, I think that when the games are going to be in Tampa, you're going to have Anthony Sorelli all over Nathan Mm -hmm. McKinnon. I think this team, Tampa, is too experienced to not be able to figure it out like they've been able to do throughout this entire playoffs. The Avs, we can disagree on this, I don't think have been totally battle-tested. Then again, let's look at the competition. I think St. Louis was good competition. Edmonton was no competition. None. They had one top line and no defense and shaky goaltending. Oh, I think you're not giving them enough credit. Well, you the know what? The goaltending issue, I mean, Mike Smith's 40 years old, of course. Right. And that, right. that was a major issue. And you know what? One of the big reasons why it was a sweep is because McCarr went Bobby Orr. He didn't shut down Connor McDavid, but boy, did he hold him in check. And that was a Bobby Orr type of series where he took the best player in the league and didn't make him look average, but made the best player in the league at the very least look above average. And Edmonton had to have McDavid looking like a superstar in that series. And they didn't. And he didn't because of Kale McCarr. I do think, though, that, that this is the showcase opportunity, bright lights, big stage for, for McKinnon and McCarr, and they will shine. One more quick thing before uh, you head out to the game. We know the way hockey fan is. We know the way <laughs> Avalanche fan is. You cannot jump on our bandwagon. You're way too late to the party. Why don't you talk about our sport? Then when we talk about their sport, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Do you think Avs fans have been swept up in all of this excitement that they don't even care who's jumping on the bandwagon? I actually do. I think we finally reached the point where that's the case, especially if you look at the like the Tivoli gathering tonight. I think that's indicative of a party atmosphere taking root. It goes beyond those who will talk about Corsi and everything else and and consider great great hockey writing to be tweeting out the lines at the morning skate. There's more to it than the sport. It can be fun, and I think the, I think the Avs fans are finally understanding that it's better to be part of the party. No question about it. Well, Terry, uh, go head out to Ball Arena. Enjoy game one. Uh, quick programming note. Uh, I will not be working the next couple of days. I'm getting married this weekend. And then Terry and I will not be in studio for the majority of next week because on Sunday you're leaving for Tampa for games three and four. We'll be back in studio on Thursday. And with that, yeah, I am getting married on Saturday. So, Danny, why don't you tell us what is coming up on Just In Case You Missed It in honor of my beautiful bride, Mandy. Yeah, in honor of your big special weekend this weekend, Eric, we've got some 
wedding-themed questions that I'll uh, throw your way, and I'm excited to hear the answers. I and uh, Mandy's way, and Ma- she's and, coming on. And with me. we'll also hear from Mandy from the bride. It's it's really all about her this weekend. You're just it along is. for the ride. So <laughs> stay tuned right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for a wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for what's trending. Nah, let's do the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. All right, a very special Just In Case You Missed It on this Wednesday afternoon. We've we've got some fun questions. I wasn't really sure where to go with these questions, Eric, because I'm a person who marriage is very far from my mind. But I'm just going to ask some general questions about the wedding. I'm going to start off with a fun one. Uh, Mandy, Eric, what is your favorite movie about a wedding or with a wedding in it? Okay, I'll start it off because Mandy is sitting here just trying to think of something. I will. Uh, Four Weddings and a Funeral is great, but The Wedding Singer is great because I actually like the story. And the song by Adam Sandler when he's on the plane is just fantastic. Well, I don't really watch a lot of wedding movies other than every Hallmark movie that comes on. But Marry Me is really good. I just watched that. Yeah, and just to clarify, she's not kidding when she says she watches every Hallmark movie uh, because they're all about falling in love, all about eventually getting to a wedding. And as I've said to Mandy in the past, that the Hallmark movie is kind of like an adult film. It's all of the same actors and actresses on the Hallmark movie and the Hallmark Channel, they just don't get fully naked. Yeah, but you watch them with me all the time. Yeah, because I imagine them naked. (laughs) Sure you do. (laughs) I always love the uh, wedding scene in Princess Bride because of the way that the the officiant says, marriage. That was always one of my favorite (laughs) things about that movie. Uh, what do you got next? Uh, what kind of food are you guys having? What's the me- what's the menu for the reception? That's always the top of my list is what is my meal going to be at this event? 
Well, being that I'm Scottish, that's not actually top of list for me. More, what are we going to drink at the wedding? So our toast is Fireball, which is our favourite shot on the golf course. So that will be fun and make for a really fun evening. And then Eric can talk to food because he's a real foodie. Well, because she's from Scotland, I definitely nixed the haggis idea. I knew that was absolutely not going to happen. Uh, but to just add on to what Mandy says, when we play golf, we play a lot of golf together. Instead of champagne, when people do toast, we're going to have big bottles of Fireball on the table, hoping everybody gets totally trashed. That's really the goal, because at the end of the day, the drunker you are, the more fun that you believed that you probably had. And the reason why Mandy said that she probably wanted to accentuate the drinking more than the food is, she needs to drink a lot to tolerate me. That is very true. Very true. Mm I wonder if Terry's ever thought about doing that during a show to, to help him tolerate you as well. He probably just smokes pot just to get all relaxed. I thought that was Mace. You always got on Mace about smoking pot. Well, I, I'm not going to speak to Mace's extracurricular activities. I'll just say that I don't smoke pot, but I've had partners in the past that do smoke pot, and I'm not going to throw Mace under the bus. But in order to tolerate me, honestly, uh, you know, rolling up a fatty might not be a bad idea. I'm fireball. And vodka. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, fireball, vodka, and the importance of drinking and the toasts at the wedding, uh, who do you guys think will give the best toast? Oh, my dad. He's been practicing. So he practiced for 10 hours coming across from Scotland on the plane. I think he's going to give the best toast. I think I'm going to give the best oh, toast. Of course you do. I do. Oh, sure you do. I'm ad libbing the whole thing. Yeah, have an accent so he's gonna sound the best well you didn't say it that way yes he will absolutely sound the, I th- you know what you, you want you want to go back and forth my dad's gonna be the best no, my dad's better. My, my dad's stronger than your dad right <laughs> sure is <laughs> uh what's next danny uh was there anything during the planning process that you guys were on opposite sides on and you had to kind of come to a compromise Hmm. Eric was very smart during the planning process. He just smiled and agreed with the majority other than the dance music. But I think he's just been outnumbered by all of my female Scottish friends that are now in town. So he'll get maybe two songs. We might get the rest. Okay, so let me jump in here. So uh, me and I put together a list of songs that we would like to hear at the wedding that are meaningful to Mandy and I and to me and I and to our family and I and dance songs and so on and so forth. Mandy puts out in an email, what would everybody like to hear? By the way, only sent it to bridesmaids, none of the groomsmen, all right? She had, I had a, we had a list of 30 songs, me and I. Now, Danny, you know how long songs take to play. She and her friends had a list of 204 songs, which by doing the math, they alone had ten and a half hours worth of music. That's how long the wedding's going to go on for. Yeah. Danny, Danny said it well. Okay, that's a lot. So that's ten and a half hours of worth of music, which we only need four, and that doesn't even include our stuff. So, being the gentleman and the wonderful husband to be that I'm going to be, I said, "How about if I take thirty songs, and you take sixty, because I want you to have double as much fun." You're so kind to me. I just, for the record, we did keep me and songs in. Well, that's wow. a great, that's a good strategy. You got to kind of split it up a little bit. 
Um, so I, I take it by that, that you're having a DJ, not a band. A DJ, absolutely. So is there anything that was, you obviously had a lot of songs that you wanted to play. Was there anything mm-hmm. that made the list as a song that was an absolute do not play this song during the reception? Yeah, Lionel Richie's Dancing on a Ceiling. I'm like, really? Are we really going there? I mean, have we run out of music? We took it off. I think that there's a big difference between the British taste in music and the American taste in music. And uh, we have a lot of songs that we like to sing to, which is why we added Lionel Richie. But where's he from? Get scratched. Where's he from? He's from the U.S. And you want U.K. music by U.K. artists. So why would you pick? We like dancing and singing at discos. <laughs> All right, Danny, I'm going to flip it around to you. How close are you? to even having a relationship that sounded almost a little mean <laughs> where where it sounds really mean stop it be nice where I've are had you relationships at? in the past right. i just Danny, don't listen to you me. know i just am not interested in having a relationship at this moment okay do you, is that something that eventually you might want or are you just enjoying being single well no, it's definitely something I want eventually. Um, but I, you could also say right now that I'm married to my job because I do a lot around here at Mile High Sports, and I enjoy it. So I put most of my energy into this. Well, I would have to respectfully disagree, Danny. I see you at the station all the time, and it looks like to me you have plenty of free time. Well, I'm usually eating here, but that's because I I live here at the station. I'm here so much I have to eat here. You just catch me at off times, I suppose. Well, there's nothing wrong. If you're going to be married to any job, being married to being the executive producer and the guy who produces our show, I am flattered that you put in that much time and effort. Well, thank you. Uh, I I do what I can, and I know there's always room for improvement, but I'm excited to, uh, to keep doing it and hopefully keep getting better. And maybe, hey, and maybe one day I'll meet a girl and she'll think it's a cool job too. Well, M- Mandy, um, I think you have a very cool job and you don't have a cool job. We already, by the way, by the way, how much time do we have, Danny? Are we, are we out of time? We've got just under a minute. Okay. So we, we were talking about retreats. We were talking about retreats in general. Do you think consultants organize those retreats or do you think companies say, you know what? We should have a retreat because it's good team building. Are you asking that to me? Yeah. Oh, I think companies should organize retreats because it's good team building. There we go. See how we think alike, Danny? I like field day. I love field day. I don't know why people are against field day. I don't get that. There's nothing wrong with a three-legged race, especially when it's two people and one person's missing a leg. You don't even have the rim shot ready? I I thought about it, but I I I thought it was better without it. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was just so stinking inappropriate. You didn't even want to dignify it with a rim shot. It was slightly inappropriate. Okay. Danny, uh, thank you for all your work today. Nigel, thank you for all your work. Punching all the right buttons on milehighsports.com. Uh, Terry is going to the game right now. Uh, Terry and Justin Adams will be doing the show over the next couple of days. And they will, of course, be talking about game one of the Stanley Cup final between the Avalanche and the Tampa Bay Lightning. For my beautiful bride, I am Eric Goodman. Make it the best possible night you can. Out of this place,
It's a beautiful day.